My name is Tom, and I'm the, the lead pastor here. It is really good to be with everybody here today. I mean, really, like, when I say that, I'm not just spouting words. Like, I'm excited that everybody's here. Uh, at Crossroads, we have a rhythm that we try to keep, like a monthly rhythm. In a given month at Crossroads, we will do two what we might think of as traditional sermons. We will do one week, Joe used that acronym EHR, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Since so much of what the life with Jesus is about, relationship with him, relationship is with each other, we dedicate one Sunday a month to that. And then that fourth Sunday is what we call a message reflection, where somebody from the community will come up and share some thoughts on the previous sermons that were spoken. So today is a message reflection Sunday. And Gail Kay is going to be doing this week's message reflection. Thanks. Thanks. Get up here. Thanks. Good to see everybody come in. Um, so Tom, when Tom asked me to do this message reflection, the previous two Sundays he's kind of focused on how our mind and our heart, we can put some obstacles in the way of helping us see Jesus clearly. And three weeks ago, the passage, and we're in a series on Mark called Amaze, but two weeks ago was the passage in Mark where Jesus is visiting his hometown and he is amazed by their lack of faith. And they had some wrong thinking that kept them from seeing Jesus as he really was. Some of that was just kind of a boy next door mentality. It was his hometown. But they had obstacles in front of them that kept them from seeing him. And then last week, where the focus was on that hardening your heart, uh, the passage in Mark was about Jesus walking out to, on the water to the boat where the disciples are really struggling. And he comes out and they're terrified. They don't recognize him. And it says they didn't recognize him because their hearts were hardened. And kind of the big idea of that message was life is hard. Our hearts don't have to be. And I just started to really think about that and in preparing for the reflection and thinking what, what helps me to keep my heart soft. And um, you know, I really think when I think about the life of faith and the life of Jesus is if we're really just constantly pulling a, a layer back, right? A layer of wrong thinking, a layer of a hardened heart. We're constantly just getting one one little bit closer view of who Jesus really is, and it takes a really long time. So I'm just going to share one little peel <laughs> uh, from me that I feel like help, helps me keep my heart soft. But cause we, that's the goal, right? We don't want to be in a year, be the same people who are sitting in these seats right now. I just love, like, I'm just Joe's story just like just changing like listening right I, I just think we're, we're people who are committed to changing so all that being said um, so Tom said he put a question out there what hardens your heart and he defined it as what makes you unable to see hear understand or remember God and as I was reading ahead in Mark guess what Jesus said that I didn't realize that <laughs> In, uh, in Mark 8, spoiler alert, the disciples still can't quite figure out who Jesus is. They're still confused. They still have hardened hearts. And Jesus says to them in Mark 8, um, uh, Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? I mean, it was just so recently that they, they saw him come through and they don't remember. So in thinking about me and my peeling back of layers, I kind of broke it down into things that help me to see, hear, and understand, and things that help me to remember. 
have spent a good amount of time, as several people have mentioned today around here, talking about um, emotionally healthy spirituality. And part of that is really identifying our feelings and reflecting on them. And I would say over the past five years, that's relatively new, newer concept to me. You know, I grew up in a family of pragmatists. We don't really talk about feelings very much. We just we get stuff done. <laughs> and we might talk about feelings in a, in a broad sense, or like I'm mad or sad or happy or something like that. But And then in my church life, um, I think the message that I got in my younger years was that feelings are fickle and you can't trust them, so they're not really that important. Um, but but awareness of my feelings for me actually is like that first alert that my heart was hardening in some way um, and really paying attention to them. So a little, I don't know, a few years ago, I had a feeling that was creeping up in me that I was not fully celebrating uh, when I saw people having success in a narrative like that I believed I was, that I was struggling in. And as many of you have been around for a while know, our home was in a state of real constant chaos for a number of years, and it still is to some degree. And it was difficult for me. I, I was still mostly happy for friends who were having good family interactions and family times, but I just felt this pull, and I started to think more about that. Is it jealousy? Is it disappointment? Is it guilt? Is it defensiveness? Is it all of that stuff kind of wrapped together? Um, combination of all of them, but what do I feel when I see other families enjoying dinner together or playing board games that makes me not able to root for them 100%? And um, why don't I feel wholeheartedly engaged for them? And so I really started to think about that. And because I was thinking about my feelings, it helped me to kind of um, identify some wrong thinking I had. I'm going in the opposite direction of our two messages. but what was my wrong thinking that was kind of leading me there? And after thinking about that, I was able to kind of pinpoint this one lie or misconception that I had allowed myself to believe. And I would never have said that I was like a, um, a traditional like prosperity mindset Christian. I never felt like, well, if you follow Jesus, you're gonna have a great job and a nice car and a nice house and all those things or health and wealth. I, I wouldn't have said that, but somewhere, deep, deep, deep down there, I have become to believe that um, if you, I don't know, went to church and gave generously and read your Bible, that God would, would give you a happy family life. I mean, that seems kind of his wheelhouse, right? He wants people to be in happy and good relationships. Um, and so I would never, if you'd asked me, even five years ago for a statement of faith, I never would have written down, like, follow Jesus equals happy home life. I, I wouldn't have, I would have told anyone else who thought that that's not true but I really did somewhere deep down there really believe that and so when that didn't happen and I had stress in my family I felt that Jesus had abandoned me and that it was really because I, I had a false expectation on him that he wasn't meeting but I felt like I wasn't seeing him as he truly is I had these same obstacles in my mind um I wasn't finding joy in my relationship with Jesus. I was looking for it in my family dynamic. Um, so I think I'm, so feelings and then your thoughts and really spending some time thinking about them, you're going to realize that you have some obstacles, I would guess, 
that you probably, all of us probably have some obstacles that we don't even aren't aware of that we have put in front of who Jesus really is. Second thing about seeing, hearing, and understanding is just having people, um, wise counsel, and transparency. I have a very vivid memory of being in a small group of women and saying that I feel a seed of bitterness has just like landed. I mean, I could almost feel it physically on my heart, and it's just sitting there. And I am desperate for it to not grow roots. And I, I want to get rid of it before it has time to go. And I don't want to fertilize it. I just want it gone. Um, but having people in your life that you can say you have really ugly feelings and be honest with them is so valuable. And I'm so thankful for the women that have been around me during that time. Um, and then the Bible, replacing the lie that whatever that wrong thinking or wrong heart uh, that we've taken hold of, but replacing it with something that's true. So during that time, I memorized a lot of different things or meditated on a lot of different things, but specifically Psalm 23, I memorized and I just focused over and over on the fact that I lack nothing, that I have everything I need. God is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And Psalm 16, which has so many great verses, I'm just going to read one, which is, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices, and my body will also rest secure. And those are just a couple examples, but I think we all have a, some misconception or lie that we could find a truth that really speaks to us and changes, changes us inside. And those were two of those ones that were so important for me. So... Um, the next thing is the idea of developing an attached relationship with Jesus. So beginning to find new ways to just be with Jesus so that he truly was my joy. And it was being derived from being in a relationship with him. And this is a, still a giant work in progress. So if you could actually see my spiritual life, this, you would see all kinds of like warning, construction zone and tape and don't enter here and all of that because it's all under construction right now. But um, you know, I, I have definitely seen growth there. Um, it's a few, there are a few um, things that have helped me. One is, we've also talked a lot around here about finding things that stir your affections for Jesus and engaging in those things. And for me, you know, I really find those things to be being outside, being near water, making things. I made a little air corner of a guest bedroom, like a, just a spot for me to be with God and be with Jesus. Um, I promised Tom I wouldn't turn it into a, like a book review, but I did have, so <laughs> there were some books that were very helpful and um, really they're very dusty and dirty, but this one, just being with God on just how to be still and be with God, um, this, the relentless elimination of hurry. And then um, this is a devotional called Moments with the, the Savior. And honestly, I, I feel it's a really, it's an older book. Um, but, I mean, older, like in the 90s. That's, but uh, I feel like that book really just helped me fall in love with Jesus himself again. Um, so I'm, I'm going to just have those back there. They're all, you know, available if you guys are interested. And in, if you're struggling with that kind of thing, too, just being, being with God. Um, not not doing or checking something off off your list. Um, so, and I would also say this too: that books in no way substitute for just being just spending devoting the time to be still before God, as I can tend to read the books and then not do the things that they say to do. 
Um, so those are kind of all fall into my my seeing and understanding and hearing is um, you know listening to our feelings and our thoughts, having good people around us for wise counsel, developing an attached relationship with Jesus, and then there's that last one. And don't you remember? Um, and this really is gratitude, and I know we've talked a lot about that lately too, but it's a command and its benefits just can't be overstated, I don't think. Um, I know we've had uh, a lot of gratitude practices here on Sundays, and we have those yellow, there's actually some, I just saw them out there if you still want one, but where you kind of write down a, a memory where God has really shown up for you, and we call them golden memories, and we did that as a leadership team prior to doing it here and I thought that was the hokiest thing that I just wasn't in it I was I thought this is silly to think about a memory and write it down and think about where you were and I just and if so if you were in that space when it was presented to you I hope you can do like I did and just get over get over it because it really is so valuable <laughs> um, and it's biblical I mean in the Old Testament they're constantly making stacks of stones to remember how they don't forget what God has done in their life, and that, that's just one of those ways to do that. Um, and <clears throat> so one of my memories of God being really present in my life is just being out on the kayak in the lake, and there was just a moment where I felt God's presence, and I remember that, and I call that memory kayak, and I think about that. But last week when we were here, and we were going through the scripture about Jesus coming out to the disciples, and they don't understand that it's him, he says, take heart, it's I, don't be afraid. And then he got in the boat with them. And I had such a warm like, feeling come over me just thinking about my memory of meeting Jesus in my kayak, but just then like the image of him getting in the kayak just, just I don't know, made me feel so connected to him. And um, just reminds me that no matter what our circumstances are, the storms, the good times, whatever, Jesus is in the kayak with me, or wherever that is for you. Um, but Jesus is in the boat with us, and our circumstances are just one more of those things that we can't um, allow us to give a hard heart or a wrong mindset. So that's kind of wrapping it up for me. I know Tom wanted to have some sharing questions, but we had a couple. Thanks, Kaylee. Good yeah, job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just general, we'll just throw it out there first, general reactions to, to anything that, that Gail said or may have spurred on an additional thought or something that you had coming out of the last couple messages on, on mind obstacles and heart obstacles to Jesus. Joe, if we got a microphone, we're going to run around so the folks that online can hear what's going on. Gail, I love the under construction. <laughs> I think it fits all of us, but thank you for saying that. Oh, all the way up here, Kate. <laughs> when you mentioned about um, the hardship of being a counselor, and uh, you, you know, you're just trying to figure out, you know, what is exactly what I think you're saying, and I quickly thought of Job mm -hmm. and everything that he was going through, especially, you know, the irritation upon his family. 
<laughs> but it's it's healthy. It's mm-hmm. it's good, you know. And and that's why it was through a fellowship with Brendan and Joyce that I lifted up these things that they could see, you know, have mm-hmm. these reasons for their stories and for their mm-hmm. things. So I embrace you. So, Mo, um, when is the next Rooted, our women's ministry? <laughs> yeah, right, while you're on there. Yeah. End of March, okay. Pay attention, the specific mm-hmm. date will be coming out. Um, we had some specific questions for you, and some of these are a little bit more probing and personal, um, and some maybe a little more general, but um, what hardens your heart? What makes you unable to see, hear, or remember? And what about those things that soften your heart? And we would love if a few of you were brave enough to, to volunteer or something. But as always, at Crossroads, you do not have to <laughs> if you don't want to. Gabe? Alrighty. Um, with respect to the first question, what heart is my heart? Yeah. It's, I call it noise. Mm-hmm. Everything that goes on in our life, commercials, people trying to sell you things, people trying to, you know, uh, it just... They have their all other agendas. Mm-hmm. That heart is my heart because I become very cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, and with respect to what softens my heart, well, I can give you uh, firsthand uh, experiences when we take care of our grandbabies. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to what uh, Ben said last last uh, last service last Sunday. Holding the baby, keep falling asleep, and just looking at him, you see the purity in yep. eyes right there. That really softens my heart, mm-hmm. and I would give everything. The noise is constant. So, with with, uh, with what Gary was talking about, with respect to all of that, there's a lot of noise mm-hmm. that's interfering with you focusing mm-hmm. on on softening your heart. And right. I think that's, I believe that's an intentional thing that's going on in this in this world. Mm-hmm. All of this noise, every, all of these uh, material challenges to you. Get this, get that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, by the way, you have to do this. You have to go to that. Oh, there's a sporting event. Oh, there's a TV show. It's just a lot of noise. What it is yeah. is that it's asking you to make yep. split-second decisions on the spot multiple times exponentially, and at the same time, it's preventing you from your heart to maintain the softness of yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, can we go to Bill? But like what, so what Gabe was saying, there's a lot of stuff going on that points to what Gailey was talking about creating that she created a physical space for her to be alone with jesus where she gets out into nature where she knows she can experience jesus slowing down right you hear that a lot slowing Mm -hmm. down and getting alone for some people like yes alone right for me it took a very long time (laughs) for alone to be okay but it's super super important alone with jesus go ahead so i really liked gail when you shared about how you struggled with call it your prosperity misconception Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, you know I I also struggle with with cheering people on for their successes in certain things and uh, I think what it boils down to for me is a low Mm self-esteem and with my low self-esteem and I think that boils down to pride and not Mm -hmm. realizing I am loved by God. I mean, how can what, what, what is better than that? Right. I am loved by the Creator mm-hmm. of this universe, and 
where does my self-image come from? It comes from that. But for some reason, I have this thing deep down inside me that says, I should have created something for myself that is better than what I've created in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting myself above God. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I really love that you boiled it down to that feeling. And I, and I think that's something that I have to do is really dig deep, deep, deep. And that's yeah, the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that internal work. So we're going to go, um, oh, well, Aaron's right here. And then Marcos and Patrick. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going all over the place. Okay. I, I'm Ed's daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of similar to what he's saying is that, you know, he believed like, well, you know, I'm a good person. I go to church. I prayed. I you know, worship. Why do I feel lost? Why mm-hmm. is everything not coming together amazingly? And that's kind of, kind of, I'm a stubborn person. And, you know, you get angry and you're just, you know, well, if he's not going to fix it, then I don't want to talk to him and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, what softens my heart is seeing the people around me who have faith. My grandma mm-hmm. had amazing faith. My aunt had amazing faith. And then, of course, my father mm-hmm. has amazing, amazing faith. It's the strength that he has. Last time I was home, he told a story um, about getting fired. And <laughs> he came home, and he, I know I'm repeating the same story that he told everyone else, that he came home and asked my mom, like, no, I think my mom asked, um, are you worried? And he said, no, I have faith that God's going to take care of my family, mm-hmm. that God's going to, you know, figure this all out. And I think lately that's what I've been keep holding on to is that, you know, I, I need to have faith that I'm struggling mm-hmm. right now. Hands up, start crying. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but those people around me who have proven to me that, you know, mm-hmm. you keep believing it and you have the faith and you keep talking to God, I know that's something that I've been struggling with, that, like, it's going to work out, mm-hmm. you know, like will show and you'll see why you're going through all those hard times, why the bad things in your life happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just want to say thank you and so much to God, but also to my father that, you know, for pushing me to mm-hmm. keep believing and mm-hmm. putting me in a church when I do come home. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Aaron. Thanks. Aaron. You guys, so the um, having people in your life who are glad to be with you when you're hot mess faced and you're on the mountaintop, either, either or, is hugely important. And if you don't have, if you can't identify somebody like that, please come talk to me or Pastor Leanne, and we will get you connected with some some like-minded people, maybe some people in a similar similar stage of life, so you have some people to walk with. Maybe somebody a little bit further down the road of faith who can who can speak into your life, right? That's what we're about, and we want to help each other get connected in that way. So I, I lost track of who, Patrick. Okay, uh, I'm gonna try to keep this short. Um something that hardens my heart is seeing my friends struggle um, whether it they're my Christian friends who've been struggling with something that they've been praying about and just not seeing a way out or my non-Christian friends who I've been praying for to come to Jesus and it's been like 10 years and they're just not close um, and then something that softens my heart is playing music with people particularly worship Ben or any other worship leaders throughout the years, just playing music with them at rehearsal or at the, at the front and worshiping with everybody. That's that's it. Thanks, Ben. So I, uh, identifying how God has wired us as individuals and stepping into that is exactly what Patrick was talking about, and that that helps keep our hearts soft. David, you got about ninety seconds. 
because we've got to save room for Marco. Um, <laughs> so what hardens my heart, I found, is in at least in terms of this, is not so much like, oh, I don't want to believe this. It's more just kind of assuming that I already know a lot of stuff. Because, I, I mean, I grew up from a very young age, and particular things like, you know, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. So I've tried that and read through Genesis, for example, maybe 57 times in my life, and then stopped after that because, you know, you run out of steam. But so I, you know, going into it, it's like, oh, I, I know this. Like, I've heard this a billion times. I know how this goes. So it, it can kind of, it stops me from getting, like, awe, right, of, of God and his power. And so what I started doing, and this was, has helped kind of soften my heart toward that, is I started taking specifically Genesis, but a lot of, a lot of my scriptures that I'm very familiar with and rewriting them in poetic form because that forces me to slow down and really think about what is being said. And it can kind of go into, I guess, the artistic side of your brain. So I, I know a couple of us have mentioned doing creative things. So if, if that's kind of the way that you swing, I've found that, that if you can apply that into this area, that can really help you learn something that you never would have thought of before. Yeah, step in into your area of giftedness, absolutely. All right, Marcus, bring us home. I have to say this because sometimes we bring testimony when we say things that may have happened to us a long time. But just yesterday, uh, as I got home from work around 5 o'clock, I found my heart being incredibly heartened because Adriana and I both have a, a family member who I love since he was a little kid, but he's he's got us very frustrated. He's got us frustrated to the point where I feel my heart hardening towards mm -hmm. him, and I feel the effect that it's having on my wife, and I'm actually, what's hardening my heart? The truth is hardening my heart. The reality of what I see is hardening my heart, and yesterday Adriana and I ended up in a part of town where we don't want to be at night going into a pawn shop to retrieve things that we shouldn't be retrieving. Mm -hmm. And as we told each other the truth of things, I felt my heart getting hardened. Because we're telling each other the truth, right? It, 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 he's not a kid anymore. He's not a baby anymore. It's not our problem. This is not our thing. And look what it's doing to me. And what I failed to see was I failed to see the reality in, in my own life about ex-addicts who became incredible preachers and gospel teachers like David Crew, like a bunch of people that if I would have taken the time to remember yesterday, if I would have just taken the time to remember yesterday, I wouldn't have, my heart would have gone so harder and I wouldn't have been the cause of having my wife get so hard and say I'm not answering the phone anymore and we sat a bunch of things in the car we sat at a, at a traffic light yesterday at East Main Street retrieving something like I tell you, retrieving something from a pawn shop and as we sat there Right, and this is Gabriel said something, and this is why I wanted to speak. As we sat there with the radio off, and in total silence, and just feeding that hardness, mm -hmm. right? I said to Adriana, "But on Saturday you're going to Florida to see your grandson," and there was this release of of everything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the truth hardens my heart. I fail to see that God has done miracles in other drug addicts and people that I know who have become incredible blessings in my life. Mm -hmm. And that softened my heart sometimes is the blessing that has, God has given me. But sometimes I fail to see when I'm tr so stuck on the truth mm -hmm. or the truth that I see. Mm -hmm. Because faith is those things that we don't see, right? Mm -hmm. So let's stop focusing on the things we see. And if faith is really true in our hearts, then we're going to see things as they're going to be, not as they are at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Marcos. You guys, I, I am so super appreciative of everybody's contribution and just how, how real and authentic um, that word gets thrown around a lot. But you guys just 
just kept it real and, and shared what's going on in your lives. And I really, really appreciate that. All right. Um, Marty, we're, we're running out of time. Is it, can you do it quick? <laughs> okay, Gail. <laughs> All right, Marty. I want to do what you do. Yeah. I'd like to find a place in my home and be alone with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you for telling me that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Marty. Mm -hmm.